Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. Canadian inflation dropped the highest amount in six months earlier this week, and this comes at a time where we're still at multi-decade highs, with a large portion of Canadians now having to dip into savings and credit to be able to afford current interest rates. What's going to happen next week with Tiff Macklin's announcement with a potential another interest rate hike? We get into that, plus what OSFI is thinking about with new mortgage and credit tightening rules in this episode. Stick around for everything because we saved our predictions for what is coming up next at the end. Hey guys, this is Ryan Dash here along with my co-host Dan Wirtel, and we are with eXp Realty and every week we create videos like this to keep you up to speed and give you all of the education you need on the crazy Vancouver real estate market. If you'd like to get in touch with us and learn about your home specifically, please reach out in the Calendly link below, book a time and Dan and I will have that consultation with you. Guys, one last thing, hit the subscribe, like, ring that bell button so you don't miss any of the news in the Vancouver real estate market and keep your finger on the pulse. Perfect. So as mentioned right off the top, Canadian inflation print just lowered and this comes on the heels of the American inflation print, which just came in at 6.5%. They also saw the largest drop in six months, falling by 0.6%. Understandably, Canadian and U.S. economies are very tied, as is their inflation. So we are now back to March or February, March 2022 numbers. We're at a 10-month low in inflation here. And what's interesting, if we flash back to that time, if we look back to February, March of last year, when inflation was, you know, uh, between five seven and I think six five, they had just thought about starting to raise rates. Then, okay, they were at point <laughs> two five back in March, and then they raised them a quarter point to point five. And now, fast forward to today, we're sitting at four and a quarter with uh, all bets placed on about another quarter rate hike happening at the announcement, which is next uh, Wednesday, January the 25th. And this is, of course, happening at a time when a lot of Canadians are already stressed when it comes to the payments of their mortgages, obviously for, for variable rate mortgages, and businesses are being absolutely squeezed to the limit because a lot of their borrowing rates have also gone up. 400 basis points, and they're struggling to survive. We're hearing about job cuts all over the place. So they, the Bank of Canada was obviously late to start the hikes, and now they seem to be hiking into a very downward inflationary environment. So are they over-increasing uh, and, of course, putting us at risk of another hard landing? Central banks have a very poor history, if you will, about trying to achieve a soft landing when having to increase rates at a similar rate through a downward market. So what's happening now? Um, banks, the Bank of Canada, of course, has aggressively raised rates, as we know, uh, over the past year to fight this multi-decade high inflation. So understandably, that results in fears mounting that the tighter monetary policy is going to push the Canadian economy into a recession. Some believe we're already here. The job markets may say otherwise. Take your pick onto how you calculate a recession and decide based on that. 
Either way, as mentioned, following tightening cycles, central banks and outside of even just Canada's, they've got a hard time achieving what they call that soft landing. And, and a soft landing means basically, oh yeah, you get inflation down to two, three percent and there's no recession. Understandably, that's a very challenging thing to do. So amid high inflation, central banks often struggle to what they call thread the needle, I guess, of raising rates to bring it down to 2% without going into a recession and without causing a lot of financial stress and pain, which, like we just discussed, we're already hearing. And if you check out last week's episode, we ran through essentially a a consensus uh, of what people are feeling right now and how many are feeling ultra stressed, especially within their financial position within mortgages. But a couple key notes here to point out. Historically, home sales tend to lead the business cycle here. Um, They start to decline many, many months prior to a recession. And by the time a recession begins, if it does, sales are typically near their absolute low point. Well, let's look at that. Because it was right around February, March, when we felt the real estate market locally here start to slow down. After about an 18-month mega bull run that saw record-breaking year-over-year sales and prices. And then right around February, March, we felt that difference. We anecdotally, excuse me, anecdotally, we could tell that, hey, when you had 12 months of five to 12 offers on every property being the average, and suddenly that dropped off to one or two, you know things are changing. And it was at that point, of course, when the government stepped in and started raising rates to slow things further. And, and again, it was two years of, of uh, record high sales volume. So it's not like they didn't have the data to know that things were ripping out of control. Yeah. Now, historically, home sales tend to post substantial recoveries following a recession as interest rates and other stimulus is, is, are created to help support the economy. So here we are at a time when we are at incredibly low sales volumes. In fact, January, we're on track in GVRD here to have the second lowest sales volumes for a January ever, only being trumped by the global financial crisis in January 2008. So what does this mean? It means that we know that the people want to buy right now. You know, it's not even the interest rates that are holding people back per se, because it's inventory. And we know this, right? We run a team of six and every one of our team members says their buyers are all repeating the same story. We go shopping, we go on tours, we don't like anything. And it's not about price point. It's about what's available at that price point. So, um, you know, we're still at 7,600 listings today. Uh, again, I think Ryan had mentioned this in an earlier cast. We're emulating the sales volumes of, of 2008, but then in 2008, the listings were upwards of, I believe, 19 to 20,000. We're sitting here at essentially a third of that. So a very different and dynamic market. And the thing is, too, we also have very strong economic fundamentals here to support the housing sector, especially in British Columbia. So we're seeing pent-up demand. And sure, love or absolutely hate that term, doesn't matter. The realities are there. it is palpable. You can tell what is about to happen here. And we know because... The construction industry is also hurting so much right now and all the layoffs there. People aren't building to the need that we are seeing here, especially again in BC. And real quickly here, I'm just going to wrap up uh, this segment on the five-year Canadian bond because that, of course, dictates where you're going to see the interest rates go. The five-year bond is now down 100 basis points since it peaked back in October of last year. Okay, it's now sitting at 2.84%. It was upwards of 3.8485 back in October, which was a very short three months ago. 
Uh, year to date, in the last 19 days, we're recording this on Thursday, January the 19th, year to date bond is down 60 basis points. It is dropping hard. So banks are going to start to be able to deepen their discounts when it comes to their mortgages. So what's happening next week? Again, um, the, the markets are pricing in 25 basis points from TIFF and his announcement. Could we be surprised? Of course. We don't know. We don't know. Nobody knows. And this is why the basically place in bets on it. Could it be 0.5? Could it be zero? Either one of those, I think, would have pretty dramatic implications either way in the marketplace. But um, that is my piece on what is going to happen here with inflation and interest rates next week. It's it's pretty interesting, Dan. Before we carry on, I, I, it brought a couple questions to my mind. Um, primarily, um, you know, we're looking at... <laughs> I guess the banks are trying to get a, or the Bank of Canada, central banks by that matter, are trying to get a soft landing, which is extremely hard to do when you've just taken a sledgehammer to the marketplace. And so I think, you know, it's not like they started this surgical precision, you know, you know, uh, a year ago that, that didn't happen, right? They just pulled out the sledgehammer and started hacking away and <laughs> cut this thing down. So I don't really know if, if they're going to be able to, you know, get that soft landing the way they hope. Um, we'll see though. We'll see how the media portrays it too. Cause that's going to be very interesting. The other thing that kind of comes to my mind when, when we talk about, uh, you know, your, your piece there, I know that the bank of Canada has this target of two to 3% inflation, but how do we get back down there when we increase the money supply by 30%? We've had, we've gone through a significant, expansion in terms of, uh, you know, monetary expansion and reining that back in completely, I think is going to be very difficult to do, especially over the next, you know, little while. I think it'll, I think it will see inflation come down, you know, compellingly until we get about three and a half, four percent. And then I think it gets really difficult. But again, I think we'll see how that, that plays out. And I think a lot, a lot of that has to do with, with interest rates and what TIFF does here in the next little bit. So Dan, what's your what's your prediction for for TIFF? Uh, I'm going with the markets. I'm going with the quarter point. Yeah, me too. I think so too. I think um, I think going beyond that wouldn't make much sense right now with the latest inflation print. However, yeah, I guess the people who are having financial issues are getting louder, and I've been talking about this for months. But again, yeah. they love to say they don't bend to public pressure, but they 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 have to consider it. And again, based on our episode last week, I mean, when was the last time you heard that one in four homeowners with a mortgage were feeling that if rates were to go much higher, they would be forced to sell? Yeah. Well, who's yeah, that how, how realistic that is for their individual situations? Obviously, hard to say. This is more of a sentiment claim, but either way, uh, it, it, it's it's palpable and it hasn't felt this stressful. Yeah, uh, gosh, probably since GFC. Yeah, I, I, I agree. So let's um, maybe take a quick look at how the news and media headlines are are dealing with this. I mean, the overall sentiment, I think, from a lot of what we're reading is um, there's there's a glimmer of hope coming now that we're near the, the end of our rate hike cycle. Um, it seems to be the underlying theme of a lot of uh, a lot of news articles that we're seeing now. We'll see if that happens in the States. Uh, I think they, they maybe have got a little bit more to go, but we'll see. Um, and we're still seeing that uh, the other big theme here is we're still seeing that standoff between sellers and buyers. And who 
is going to break that deadlock first, right? Or are sellers going to ride this right through the bottom and back out the other side? Or do you think that they're going to start selling here before the bottom and we're going to start to see more market action and then it'll bottom out and, and come back? We'll see. Um, so CTV has come out and recently reported um, they had a conversation with the CMHC deputy economist, and uh, he came out and said that home prices are falling, but likely won't fall much further thanks to housing shortages. Dan, I mean, we've been talking about inventory as a huge problem for some time. Um, He's been quoted as saying, we've seen quite a large price decline, but there's such a shortage of new construction of new houses in Canada that this inexorable rise in demand is just going to continue into the future. Don't know exactly when it's going to kick back in again, but the shortage in supply means that prices can't go down too much further. So there's some, I mean... Based on, on those comments, Dan, what you're seeing in the ground before I give you my two cents, what do you, what do you think? Are you seeing similar trends uh, based on what's being reported? In the sense of people acknowledging that there's low inventory behind the scenes here and that uh, there's been quite a few alarms actually being raised that, hey, on the other side of this, uh, this inflationary issue is, again, the same housing crisis that existed 10 months ago. Yeah, And so, yes, I, I'm, I'm obviously very much of the belief of that. And, and we're seeing it. We feel it. Uh, the data certainly supports it. And at the end of the day, I mean, look, our team alone was in scenarios that we think we saw three multiple offer um, properties just in the last six days. Yeah. So, sure, anecdotal and, 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 um, and not a massive number. But we've also seen, what, 11% of all homes sold in January so far sold over the asking price. Yeah. It's not a small number. That means 89 sold at or under. But again, the the pressure from that side is definitely building. So if I'm definitely uh, going to agree that inventory is extremely tight and will cause an issue on the other side of this. It already is. And yeah, yeah sure. Prices are down from, from peak by a fair amount. But, you know, we're still... Gosh, yeah, we're still above pre-pandemic numbers. Well, yeah, and, and 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 inventory is you know arguably arbitrarily low, um, even artificially low in many ways because people were able to get such low rates in the last cycle that they now decided to live in their home for another five years where they typically would have sold. Right, so that's extended. Then you have developers that are pulling back from developments until they get certainty in what the Bank of Canada is going to do. And lo and behold, we end up with buyers who are, are more or less frustrated um, because of this. And it's, and it's holding the price floor, which is, which is very interesting. Um, one more press release I want to talk about here. Korea came out, uh, came out here with their uh, 2023 prediction. And also they were lucky enough, or we were lucky enough, I should say, they gave us a 2024 prediction as well, which uh, I don't know how accurate you could be. Uh, knowing what we've just gone through in the last year, let alone two. Um, so anyhow, uh, I'll give it to you because it's, it's interesting. The Canadian Real Estate Association expects home sales to edge down less than 1% and prices fall almost 6% from 2022, which ended with the market in a sluggish state as sellers and buyers sat on the sidelines. Um, so, I mean... The association seems to think that there will be nearly half a million, 495,000 homes that will change hands in 2023. And this is just based on everything beginning to stabilize. Further, 
2024, there's a prediction here, and Korea expects home sales to rise by 10.2% as markets continue to return to normal. While it expects the national average home price to gain 3.5% from 23 to 24, around 685,000, putting it back on par with 2021 numbers. I love that they put in the point two there. Like you're, you're guessing twenty four <laughs> yes. months out. Like just say ten percent. Yeah. Like, I know. 10. 2. Yeah. Anyway. Exactly. Interesting. Yes. Interesting to to see. If, I mean, you know, and like we've talked about, you know, we find it more difficult to, you know, predict three months in advance, let alone two years. So there's a lot of things that could impact the outcome of of that. I guess it's based on everything remaining the way it is. So I don't know, Dan. What do you think? I just want to pull up the old uh, MLS HPI prices here for reference, because if you look back to 2008, global financial crisis, peak to trough took 10 months. Hmm. That was the recent big drop, and it it took uh, about 12 months to fully recover. Hmm. Then 2018, 2019 was a heavy down market. That was 16 months peak to trough. Hmm. We are now, again, looking at HPI, we've been eight months in a downward cycle. Yes, it is the fastest falling downward cycle, but that gives you a reference. And for those on on YouTube here, I'm going to post a a chart. And it really kind of shows that going back to 2005 up to today, there's always a baseline of consistent growth. And then yes, there's a bit of a peak and then it falls back. A bit of a peak falls back, a bit of a peak falls back. And where prices are today, according to HPI, are very much in line with, let's call it the about 20-year trend. So I think there's a baseline support that we're about to see. And again, we're seeing that with our minimized inventory, keeping prices somewhat stabilized. Again, don't forget the median and and average prices have not really moved since June, July. So we're going to see, and that's, and that's continuing, right? We've got the data to the minute here for January, and it's actually ticking up a little bit price-wise compared to last month. Either way, we're seeing not more than, let's say, 1% or 2% move off of the median and average price point dating back to the middle of summer here. Mm. So Vancouver's seeing a bit of a baseline, uh, a quarter point when it happens. Sure. Uh, March, I've still the belief with today's data that they're going to hold rates and that is going to change sentiment going into a typically busier March or sorry, spring market. So that's what I think is going to happen there. Again, for reference, that's, that's my opinion. Uh, it seems like we are nearing the end of the downward price trend in GVRD here. Mm-hmm. Now, to be to be fair, um, you know, Korea did not say that they expect prices to rise by ten point two percent. It was home sales to rise by that amount. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, bookmark this episode. We'll come back in twenty two months here and see how close they were. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, quick uh, discussion here about OSFI. Um, they are the ones who review and, and sort of manage mortgage requirements here and then they dictate what happens to the banks here so they have two proposals on the table right now these are ideas they're putting forth and this is um again it may happen it may not but it's just funny the timing okay they're looking to tighten credit um abilities here for people and and, sorry credit qualifying abilities for people in the tightest and slowest market we've seen in 15 years. So it's, it's somewhat reminiscent of like the cooling off period and the foreign buyer ban coming into play, coming into effect at the slowest market we've seen in multi-decades. But that aside, they have proposed that they might limit the number of high income to loan ratio mortgages. 
And this is, of course, due to the amount of the highly levered borrowers. And that essentially means the bank will have a cap as to how much, how many mortgages that they can actually issue. So they're going to tend to issue to the people who have the better debt servicing ratios. Um, and number two, they're looking at increasing the stress test amount for variable rate mortgages. Looking back, I mean, during the peak of the market, it was, it was over 50% of people moved into, or sorry, um, applied for the variable mortgage because you could technically get a higher dollar figure because your qualifying rate was lower. So people went into where they could afford. Ha ha. Looking back, you know, in hindsight now, obviously what they're paying today is harder to afford. I mean, if you go out today and you want to apply for a variable rate mortgage, you're being stress tested at about 8%. Gross. And they are looking to increase that. So, Again, we'll see if either or both of the, sorry, either or both or, or none get actually implemented, but this is what they're talking about. Again, at a time when very few new mortgage originations are being created and we're obviously in a very credit tightening environment and, uh, yeah, we will, we will see if they do anything with, with either of these, but it's just, again, I find the timing rather unique that they're just having these type of discussions in this type of landscape. I mean, why could they have not talked about this during the two years where, where prices were ripping at, yeah. at double digits? Well, okay. So this is, uh, this, I, I'm, I'm almost kind of, I'm in a bit of shock here. If Aussie regulates how many mortgages can be issued by banks, banks by their very nature are only going to choose AAA clients. They're going to reduce as much risk as possible and loan to those who they know they're going to get their money back with. That's that's discrimination in in many ways. I mean, not that they <laughs> well, won't get hurt. First well, time homebuyers. That, that's what I mean. Like, how does this help anyone? This, you know, like the bank should be responsible. To, and well, maybe I don't know. We've seen it in the past where they haven't been responsible. So I get why they're doing this. But I, you know, if you if you handcuff the bank in that respect, then they are going to, by nature, protect themselves. And that's going to hurt people who don't have the credit history they need to get their first mortgage. Why would they give a first mortgage? They would go and give mortgages to people they know who've serviced them before. Like this is, this is dangerous. This is a dangerous well, yeah, policy. Guess who it helps? The evil investor. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because again, it they does. typically yeah. have the, 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 the history and the credit and, and the cash to be able to afford more. And like you mentioned, it, it then hurts the people who are struggling just to buy that first home or just make that initial payment or just get into the market. Yeah. So again, rules, um, these rules are, 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 are looking to benefit the, the, the wealthier class. I really like free markets, Dan. This is not free. <laughs> True story. Well, those are our thoughts for this week. I uh, hope that helped. Hope you found it engaging. We'd love to hear your thoughts on what's happening with both inflation, interest rates, and of course, potential more credit tightening requirements. Thanks as always for watching and listening. Have an awesome day. and We'll see you next week. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.